Genesis chapter number 18 this morning, looking at this conversation, jumping right into the middle of this text. Genesis chapter number 18, specifically verse number 11. Genesis 18, verse number 11. The Bible says in this text, Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. Just pause right there. God is not limited by age. And one reoccurring truth that we find all through Scripture is that God is not done till we take our final breath and we go home to be with him. For to me to live, the Bible says, is Christ. To die is gain, the best is yet to come. We look forward to that time when we'll forever be with the Lord, but while we're still here upon this earth, God still wants to use you, and God still has a work that he desires to accomplish through you and even for you. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am wax old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Many times if we're not careful, we'll be hard on Sarah, saying, well, she just doubted and lacked faith. Do you realize that Sarah was simply just following her husband's example? Because in Genesis 17, Abraham was the one who laughed in his heart before the very presence of God. And in a sense, she's just following the leadership that she had in her life, and may this be a subtle uh, moment of conviction unto us men that God would help us to be the leaders that we ought to be without wavering, going forward for God, believing full well that God is able to perform that which he has pronounced and that which he has declared. We see here as it continues on in our text, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Verse number 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Father, help us now as we once again desire to sit at thy feet. Help us to draw closer to you. Lord, I'm just so thrilled with just the emphasis of the morning and all of the hymns and all of the specials just dovetailing together with various truths that we find from your word as you have pressed it upon my heart for us to acknowledge and emphasize. I pray that you would revive us, Lord. Renew, refresh, reignite our hearts. Help us to rejoice as well, an aspect of revival, that you are able, and that even right now in 2023, your power has not weakened, your presence has not withered away, but God, you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever, sitting high and lifted up upon your throne. Help us, Lord, uh, to get refocused in these areas, burn within us a fervency to go forward for you by faith. We love you, Lord. Help us now. We need your anointing. We ask for that heavenly outpouring in our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Would you journey with me in your Bibles now to Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter number 4, verse number 18 through 21, alludes to and talks about what we find in Genesis 17 and Genesis 18, encapsulating these two chapters in just a few verses. In Romans chapter number 4, verse number 18, down to verse number 21. The situation here is that many years prior, God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son. Look up into the stars, Abraham. Try to count all of those stars that you see in the night sky with your own eye. So will be your future generations and descendants. 
as they walked by the way, uh, the Lord with Abraham, grab Abraham a handful of sand and let the grains sift through your fingers. So will be your future descendants. Well, years have come and gone. Decades have rolled past. The promise was still there, but they had changed because of their years. And now it was to a point where it was humanly impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have offspring. But just because something is humanly impossible does not mean that it is impossible with God. And may the Lord help us this morning as we study all these things as we, uh, with a whirlwind in a sense, journey all through this truth that God would reinforce and strengthen it to us that even though things seem to be insurmountable and things seem to be completely out of our control and there's no way that such and such can happen, may we not rule out that anything is possible with God because God is still God. Romans chapter number four, the Bible says here in verse number 18, who against hope, speaking of Abraham, believed in hope. I don't want to stray from the text or belabor a message. However, if we could simply just emphasize right here and now, may that be our testimony. Who against hope, we still believe in hope. And even though, and applying that to so many different areas and aspects of our life, the first one that immediately just burns my heart is the state of our country and our generation, the culture that is so wayward and forsaking God and turning their back on truth and all of these things, even though at times it appears hopeless and maybe there's a personal situation that you can apply this to, may we again be like a generation that was of Abraham's seed and say, even though hope seems to be impossible, I still believe in hope. This is not some blind optimism or some vain spiritual naivety. But rather, this is a surety and a validity in Scripture itself and the very person of Jesus Christ and God who against hope believed in hope. Do you believe in hope this morning? Thank God there is hope. I love the old hymn of the faith. And though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is still the ruler yet. This is my father's world. The old devil man, he likes to boast himself to be the prince in the power of the air. And he is a force to be reckoned with. And don't mess around with the devil because you are no match for the devil and neither am I. But he is no match for our God. As we said through this week and even quoted from one of the verses in one of the services, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be this morning against this church as it goes forward? And God himself gave us the promise that I will build my church and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's hope. And who against hope? We believe in hope. Everything is going against us. We still are going to go forward because we believe in God. Who against hope believed in hope. Let's not forget that God is still king. And no one and nothing will ever dethrone him from being the sovereign supreme king of the universe. Just remember that the devil is no match for God and he's just but a prince. God is the king. And it's interesting is that the devil, and I'm not trying to belabor but it's just, my heart is so full. <laughs> Tell you, it's, it's fascinating. The devil is so convinced that he will win. Even though he has the Bible, he still goes forward anyway. 
And even the Bible teaches us that after being in hell for a thousand years, you would think that would change his mind. But as soon as that old dragon, that serpent is set loose, what does he do? He goes out knowing his time is brief to deceive the nations of the world and try to turn hearts away from God. Who against hope believed and hope back into our text this morning? That he, Abraham, might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse number 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through what? See, unbelief will cause us to stagger. Unbelief is something that will hinder us and it ultimately will hinder God. Unbelief or a lack of faith, church, we must understand this very plain and simple, it's sin. As we mentioned in the Sunday school hour, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But as you study the word of God, and there's a handful of different things the word of God teaches us all throughout the Bible that will literally hinder God, hold God back, hinder heaven from being able to outpour itself in all its glory for the miracles to become a physical reality in our existence. And one of them is the sin of unbelief. Thank God for Abraham's testimony, even though he was 100 years old and his wife was 90, uh, even though there was some skepticism and maybe some uh, initial doubt, they realized, wait a second, who's speaking to me? It's God. Are you kidding me? He just asked me the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, the answer is God, no, so let's forget about the unbelief. Let's go forward by faith. God sent it. I believe it. God sent it. That settles it. Here we go. And even though we may become the laughing stock of the world, we are going to live for our God it's interesting, and if you'd be very quick with me, would you be quick? Because, listen, I, I've got to preach fast. So the faster you turn to a text, uh, the better off we are. And let me stop talking about it, and let's turn there, right? Matthew chapter number 13, would you look at this verse? Matthew 13, verse number 58. With ease, we could just quote it because I've got it printed here in my notes. But I'm pressed in spirit this morning for us to turn there and to see it with our own God-given eyeballs. <laughs> Matthew 13, verse number 58. Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew 13, 58, the Bible testifies, and he, Jesus Christ, did not. Or he chose not to. He chose not to do many mighty works. Now pause for a moment. And you see the end of the verse, but pause for a moment. Number one, let's ask a question. Does God want to do a work? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a promise of Scripture. God wants to work. Praise the Lord, we get to be a part of that work. We can experience and see him work through us. May we crave him to do that work in us and through us. May we desire to be witnesses of this work and have a firsthand experience and to be an eyewitness of the wonderful working of God. God wants to do a work, but God is not one who dabbles, tinkers, kind of hobby my way through life and just eh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you know, over the duration of years, yeah, I'll get it done. No. God wants to do many works. God doesn't let grass grow underneath his feet. <laughs> And God is not one who just tinkers and dabbles with trivial, mundane, eh, ordinary, average things. He does things supernaturally. God never does things ordinarily. 
Rather, he'll use ordinary circumstances and ordinary people to accomplish supernatural things, and that's mind-blowing when you stop and consider that. God wants to do many mighty works. But notice, what was the thing that caused him to decide not to in that generation, in that culture, in that place? Because of their unbelief. God wants to work in and through this church and for you as an individual, in your family. But if there's a lack of faith, the sin of unbelief, it will literally hold God back. And God will say, man, I want to bless. Nope, not going to do it. Because there's a lack of faith. May God stir us to be a people of faith this morning. Two, as we know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to say, trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. And lean not into our own understanding. In all thy ways, in everything you say and do, you're engaged in the decisions you make in life. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. The promise of God. And right there in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we find he says, trust in the Lord. Have a firm reliance and a complete faith in God. Do you have a complete faith this morning? With all your heart and every five of your being, we're not talking about a 90% faith and then we've got a contingency plan in case God forsakes us or God fails us or God falls through, but rather there's a heart in which all the chips, if you will, are completely given unto God and we will not delineate, we will not hesitate, we will not deviate from this. We're going forward for God. Complete faith. I struggle with this. Sometimes it's difficult. I presume I'm not the only one, by the way. (laughs) All the wind sucked out of the room because everybody gasped. (laughs) It's a struggle sometimes. Why? Well, let's just be honest about it. We can't see the future. Wait, in that millisecond moment, remember, there is somebody who can see the future. And there's someone who's not going to take our lives and ruin them. (laughs) However, I will ruin my own life if I walk by sight and not by faith. Say, well, what do you mean by that? As we mentioned to the young people, if we could borrow some of those truths to apply right now. Everybody in this room has good intentions. I'm sure everybody wants to be a success, to leave a legacy, do all these things, But as we preach to the young people, as God gave utterance, there is a difference between good intentions and godly intentions. Good will always be the enemy of what's best. And see, the best that you can manipulate or muster for yourself in your own ability and intuition is simply going to be good. Average status quo, yeah, you know, a little bit of a blip on the radar compared to the awesomeness of what God can do. Did we not preach this on Thursday night? Where God in Isaiah 55 says, my ways are not your ways. Just get that straight and get it through your thick head. (laughs) That's what the Lord tells me every time I think about that. Stop it. Thinking that you can do what's better than what I can do as Isaiah 55 so plainly teaches us and God is loving on us and helping us and encouraging us Trying to help us to realize, as he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You've got really good thoughts. Ambitions, goals, desires. But man, your ways are not my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so high, so far beyond are my thoughts and my ways from yours. 
And praise God this morning that as Christians, we can depend entirely upon God. And God forgive us for not trusting in him the way we should. Trusting in him most of the way, but not all of the way. A complete faith, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't you dare do anything that you think is right to do. Before you take a step forward, you make sure it's what God wants you to do. And as we preach to the young people, don't rush into the presence of God having a list of things that you believe is best and desire his stamp of approval on what you think is best. But rather rush into God's presence with boldness as the Bible gives us that permission in the book of Hebrews and say, God, I'm just going to go ahead and sign the bottom of the page. I want you to fill in the rest. Complete faith, a courageous faith. Lean not into thine own understanding. It takes a man and a woman and a person of guts to not do that which is right in their own eyes. To take a step into the unknown, even into oblivion, into darkness, just like Peter did as he was uh, called of the Lord to step out of the boat there in the midst of the stormy sea of Galilee. When Jesus across the way, in the midst of the storm and the waves and the rain and the thunder and lightning, where Jesus thundered beyond that and above that, come! Now he had a choice to obey or disobey. And Peter decided to obey, and he put that faith in action, and he took a step outside the boat. He didn't lean on his own understanding as a fisherman. He knew that if you stepped out on the liquid form of water, you would fall through. And how reckless and foolish to do so in the midst of a storm is you will die just like that. As the boat is being tossed to and fro, as you hold on to the railing, it will get right, right out of your hands and ripped out of your hands. And everything inside of him was screaming, don't do it. But God was calling him to take a step of faith. Sometimes God does that to us, doesn't he? A complete faith, a courageous faith. In all thy ways acknowledge him. A conscientious faith. In our minds, they're made up, we're going to do what God tells us to do. And we as a family, I as a man, as an individual, as a church, whatever the application may be, we're not taking one step forward until God leads us and God is telling us what to do. You know what's fascinating uh, is that waiting on God is the key. And sometimes we get worried, oh, I've got to wait? There's so much to do. Waiting time is never wasted time, by the way. <laughs> and sometimes waiting is just a millisecond. That happens all, every day with me. Now, sometimes there are things, I just don't have peace, and it takes a couple of days. Like this past week, there was something that came up in our lives, I just don't have peace of God. So my wife and I, we're just going to wait. I'm glad we waited. And now we can see a miracle, and wow, the blessing of God. It's wonderful. It really is. I won't take the time to talk about it. And, and, and in all reality, it seems to be just a trivial detail. But nothing is trivial with God. And God wants, who's listening? This is powerful. God wants to be involved in the details of your life. And when we invite him to be involved in those details, God can then show up and do a work. And now the details become supernatural. Workings of the Holy Ghost. And God on his throne literally ordaining and ordering and orchestrating the function of your day. That's beautiful. And may there be a radical desire for that. Or are we content to live without it? Because of self-sufficiency. We're just going to miss out then. Are you okay with missing out? Yeah. 
May that not be our testimony. And even though our lips may render unto him worship, saying, Oh, God, I can't live without you, our actions are speaking louder than our words. And we are nothing more than a first-class hypocrite. (laughs) I'm getting convicted left and right here. God, help me. And sometimes waiting is just a millisecond. Oh, Lord. And God, okay, I got peace. This is what we need to do. But it's always minding the Lord. Amen? Well, this is just so complicated. No, it's not. Just have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's so wonderful. It's encouraging. I, I don't know about you. I'm sure you're the same way, but it's wonderful. My heart delights in seeing the hand of God and the finger of God moving throughout the day. And the more you experience it, the more you want it. Maybe this is a foreign concept to you. Every single person was created to experience this. You can experience it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. There's that confident faith knowing full well that what God has promised, God is going to perform it. But we must be careful uh, that we do not have this sin of unbelief, this lack of faith, but rather have a Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 faith as we uh, stopped for a moment and pondered and gave you those truths from that very familiar text. And the Bible continues in Romans chapter number 4 talking about Abraham and looking at his testimony that we would glean from this, that this would be our testimony as well, that we as believers, as individuals, as young people as families as a church we will not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief notice however he was strong but was strong in the middle of verse number 20 was strong in faith this word strong is a progressive term in which he became more emboldened in his faith he was giving glory to God and praise the Lord here this morning verse number 21 says and being fully persuaded that what he, what God had promised, that he, God, was able also to perform. There's that confident faith. Say, well, that's good for Abraham. What about for me? <laughs> Thousands of years later. Well, God answers that in a verse that we alluded to in the end of the Sunday school hour in Ephesians. Would you turn there with me? Ephesians 3, verse number 20. God was able to do it for Abraham. Can God do it for you? Ephesians 3.20 gives a very clear testimony of truth. The Bible says, now unto him, this is speaking of Jesus in the passage of Scripture, had just acknowledged his great love that he has for us, as we preached about in the Sunday school hour. Now unto Jesus, unto him that, what church? Is able. You know, anytime we open the Bible and read this, it's always going to stay in the present tense. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, for our great-grandchildren, if the Lord tarries is coming, they will be able to crack open the Bible and see the black and white text of this verse and will always and ever remain in the present tense and praise God there is great comfort and great assurance that yes, God was able to do it for Abraham, but God is able to do it for me and for you. Have you grabbed a hold of this verse and claimed this verse in your life? Now unto him that is able. Put a period right there and it would be enough said. But the Bible continues. He is able to do. God wants to do a work. Let's not hinder the Lord. Let's let God do what God wants to do. And let's stop doing what we think we ought to do or what we want to do. Let's get out of the way so that God can move in a great way. 
Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, the Bible says, abundantly above all that we ask or think, God is capable of doing these things. Notice, however, it concludes in this verse, according to the power that worketh in us. See, God can, but there's something that must be actively engaged within us, and that is faith. A heart of absolute conviction and a belief that God is capable of doing these things. And may our testimony be, and let me quote from 2 Timothy 1, verse number 12. The Bible says, nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able in the last moment of this message this morning. May our hearts observe together the things that God specifically decided to declare uh, that he is able to do. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number Eight. I'm going to go through this machine gun style to honor the time, but you can jot these things down. Study them this afternoon. Second Corinthians 9, verse number 8. The Bible says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Church, God is able to supply our every need. And even though at times we feel like we're lacking, God will always give you everything you need to be able to go forward and abound in accomplishing every good work of the will of God for your life. And he will not leave you undersupplied. Let's be careful not to get our, to not get greed in the way or an ungrateful spirit in the way. Be thankful for what he's blessed us with. God is able to supply. Hebrews 2 verse number 18, the Bible says, Hebrews 2, 18, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. This word succor, S-U-C-C-O-U-R, means he's able to bring help and bring aid, even to attend to one side. And when we suffer and we go through heartache and the trials and the difficulties and the hardships and the pain, God, number two, is able to succor. He is there by your side seeking to be an attendant to help you through. You're not on this thing on your own. Praise God, he'll never leave us or forsake us. He is able to succor. Does Jesus care? Yes, he does. According to Psalm 46, verse number one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Philippians 3, Philippians 3, verse number 20 and 21. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, the Bible says, uh, our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I'm so thankful this morning that God is able to subdue all things. And there is no affliction, there's no adversity, there's no adversary that can overpower our God, but rather God wants you to experience a victorious Christian life, and you can, because he is able to subdue all things unto himself, and now he gives this victory unto his people. No matter what we face in life or who we face in our lives, it always pales in comparison with who we face it with. Jude 1.24 talks about that he is able to sustain us. He can sustain us. He'll keep us from falling. The context of that verse, he can keep us, he can sustain us from falling into apostasy. 
It also teaches us that he wants to present us a glorious church and a, a, a purified a body unto himself. God is able to sustain you from apostasy and from impurity. These really are the two main things people struggle with the most. Apostasy. Or believing something that's not true. A lack of faith, by the way, is apostasy. <laughs> impurity is something that everybody struggles with. But praise the Lord that we can have the victory in daily. And it does not have to be a weakness in the flesh. And number five and lastly, as we conclude, God is able to save. He's able to save. Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And I thank God no matter who you are, what you've done, what your past may be, Jesus Christ stands with open arms ready to receive anyone who will come unto him by faith and accept him as their personal savior. Isaiah 59.1, behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Anyone can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if you've got family members or friends that are still lost, don't forsake praying for them. Keep on praying and keep on seeking and keep on reaching because God God's will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants everyone in the whole world to be saved. He is able this morning. So what is the hardship? What is the grievance? Let's again realign our perspective of what he is capable of doing. And by faith, lay it at his feet and say, God, help me as I go forward in the way and the will that you have for me. Because I know full well that you would not bring something to my life by accident or mistake. You got a purpose, you got a design for this, and I'm gonna trust you through it and see how you are supernaturally, miraculously going to work. And I'm willing to wait 20 years to see the answer or the outcome. 40 years, maybe like an Abraham, until the baby is born. And you hear the soft cry in the ears of answered prayer and a life of faith. Father, bless these truths. Thank you so much for your sweet people. Help us, Lord, to not forget, to not lose perspective, sight, passion about that you are able. God, you, you totally blindsided me with stopping us at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, talking about faith. And God, I just wanted to obey you. I, I was pressed in spirit to, to stop there and to meditate on those things, even though it rushed the message at the end. But, Father, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Lord, help us to have the type of faith that you have taught us to have. Lord, maybe we need to pray this morning, Lord, increase my faith. Maybe we need to pray like the Father did at your feet. Lord, help thou mine unbelief. God, help us to become humble in spirit, contrite in heart, broken in our minds, yielded in our bodies, desiring the supernatural of heaven in our life. We love you and we look to thee now. In Jesus' name I pray. Heads up, my eyes are closed. I wonder if there's one this morning that says, Brother Garraway, God has spoken to my heart. I need this message. I need God to help me in my faith and my life toward him. That's me. Would you raise your hand uh, from the front to the back all the way to the balcony? Many hands. God bless you. He is able. He is able. Could you be living a life of unbelief? Maybe there's a lack of faith and you need to pray, Lord, help me. Help me. Would you do business with God? Last question. Is there one who would say, Brother Garraway, I'm not saved. If I died right now, I don't know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ. That's me. Would you raise your hand? Is there 
someone this morning that says, Brother Garraway, I don't know for sure that I'm saved, but I want to be saved. I don't want to die and go to hell. That's me. Is there one this morning? Would you raise your hand? I see that hand. Is there another? Is there another? There's another hand right here, right here. Is there someone else? Brother Garraway, I'm not saved. God bless you. God bless you. Would you please speak to these people? Let's get this matter settled. Let's stand to our feet and seek the Lord by faith. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Doing business with God as our pastor leads us. Would you seek the Lord?